Welcome to the Shoot in the Cube podcast, the podcast that's hotter than your competition cooker and your first wife. We'll be talking barbecue and more with one of the top pitmasters in the game. Get ready for juicy tips, saucy tricks, and sizzling stories that'll leave you hungry for more. Let's start shooting the cube. Here's your host, Heath Riles. How's it going, everybody? Today, we are hanging out with Susie and Todd from Hay Grill Hay. <laughs> and of course, we're joined by my lovely wife, Candace. How are y'all doing today? So good. I'm real good. Yeah. Real this good. It's a good day. Real, real good. Good. Well, y'all are all the way out here from your home of Utah, right? <laughs> yeah. This and was so, a voyage. A voyage. <laughs> well, at least you flew and you didn't drive. Right. I mean, that's the main yeah. thing. We have done that before, but we oh, flew wow. this time. Smart. Yeah, I've never drove to Utah and don't plan on it. I'll get on the plane. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do it. Well, look, tell everybody a little bit about y'all and Hey Grill Hey. Sure. I'll do the intro. Uh, I started Hey Grill Hey. It started out as a food blog about barbecue about eight years ago. And really the whole goal was to share my backyard cooking recipes because, you know, eight to 10 years ago in the barbecue space, not a lot was happening online. Um, And the stuff that was happening online was kind of in forums and a little bit secretive. And I knew a lot of people were cooking barbecue at home, but not a lot of people had the tools or the education or the experience or information to kind of make really great barbecue in their own backyards. And this was right at the beginning of kind of pellet grills really entering the space to where backyard barbecue could be a thing, even if you didn't really grow up with it. So started sharing my recipes online and... Now we have over 600 recipes on the website. We've got an app with all of our recipes on there. we got a line of rubs and sauces and all sorts of fun stuff. So what made you uh, make the ultimate decision to jump from blogging? And was that a full-time gig blogging before? And what made you make that jump or just said one day, hey, I'm going to start manufacturing products or I'm going to go into the barbecue business? What really was a career deciding moment. For I you. mean, even starting Hey Grill Hey was a little bit of a leap because I had previously been working for other people in the blogging space. So I had worked for a deal blogger who wrote about coupon matchups. I worked for a company that put on 5K races, helping them do their email and their social media. So I had a lot of this digital marketing experience, forayed that into a job with Traeger, helping them digitize their you know, spiral bound recipe library. That's how I learned to write recipes and, and really kind of cook barbecue at home in my backyard. And uh, one day Todd said, I, I found myself without any of those little side hustle jobs that I had been doing from home while I was raising my babies. He said, you know, you got a little bit of time and a little bit of freedom. If you could do anything, what would you do? And I was like, I just, just want to keep writing barbecue recipes. Like that's, I loved it. So he kind of gave me the legs and said, go get it. Um, and then it was a few years before blogging became a full-time income. I worked for free. We called it my jobby. Because it was like a hobby that I love doing that every once in a while I made a little bit of money, but it actually probably cost me more than the money I made to get the business up and running and to start generating a consistent revenue. So after I think three or so years, uh, it was it was consistent enough that I either needed to hire help or he needed to come help me. And he was eager to get out of his accounting job. So. Yeah, it was a lot of time and a lot of effort I could I watched her do it. I was in the front row seat watching her, you know, passenger seat pretty much. Um, it was really fun to watch happen. Um, we we kind of hit to where we she'd build a really good base of content on her website. And then within a couple years is when you could start doing videos on social media, Facebook, things like that. And we had viral videos on Facebook like crazy, just little 60-second, no face shots, just food shots 
just going crazy viral. And then that's what, that's what started launching us up a little bit is cause that was, we used those videos as clickbait to click through to our website, which is where we made our money. Um, and so as those went viral and people were clicking through, Google was like, Oh, like this is legit, you know? And so we started getting better SEO numbers and, uh, her, her we got to the point where if you search smoked or grilled anything, if she wasn't in the top five, it was like, I don't know how <laughs> it was crazy. That that's pretty awesome. So how, how was it blogging for Traeger in the beginning? What year was that? I guess. And I, just because I'm a, I guess, semi affiliated with Traeger, I cook on some of their grills. Yeah. I'm going to ask some of these questions, but, uh, was this before it went? It was right out? after the acquisition. Right. So they weren't in their Salt Lake City big fancy offices. They were in like a tiny warehouse somewhere and they had just brought on their new marketing guy. And he kind of said, you know, we need to push this into a more digital space instead of this hard copy realm that barbecue had previously lived in because we need it to be more accessible. Um, and so a friend of a friend said, hey, I know this girl. She does blogging stuff. She's a crazy foodie. I love, I grew up in a restaurant family, love food, love cooking. Like if we were going on a date, it was to find a new restaurant or we were, if I was cooking at home, we were trying something new. So I was, I was already obsessed with recipe blogs as well. Like my dream job was working on a recipe blog. I just hadn't broken through yet. Um, but <clears throat> he said, you know, would you want to apply? So I submitted some sample recipes, some, some sample blog work and I had kind of the food experience, not the barbecue experience at all. Like our, our grill was like a free gas grill that we picked up off Craigslist. Like true backyard barbecue was not in my culinary vocabulary. Um, so that was my first real exposure to like wood fired cooking. And I told them that straight up. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but they said, you know, it's kind of a cool concept to be able to have somebody who has no experience, take a grill like this and start making food at home. Because that's what we want people to do. We want people with no backyard barbecue experience to be able to pick one of these up and start making good food. So my first task was just to digitize their existing library. So that really helped me get my feet wet in terms of trying recipes that, you know, were supposed to work. See, I, I learned a lot about bad recipes <laughs> and recipes that don't turn out. Um, I got a lot of bad information off of the internet because that was the only place I had to learn was those, you know, backyard forums that people were talking about barbecue. But they were using terms that I didn't know. Um, Mahogany. <laughs> I knew the wood, but not necessarily that that was like a color of food to right. be excited about. Um, so there were just there were just things that I didn't I didn't know, and so it was a really great learning experience. But they dropped that smoker off on my porch on a Friday and said we just need five recipes a week starting Monday. So it was like immediately. <laughs> testing recipes, cooking every day. And I think when you do anything every day, you start to develop a little bit of a, a skill set for it. And I did that for over two years, I think. I think wow. the duration that I was with them, I wrote 100 to 200 recipes. Something that was really cool that we don't talk about a lot is just that experience. Utah is a barbecue desert. It's a desert, literally. Well, it was. Also, yeah, there's some good stuff there now. But I mean, growing up, we, I hated barbecue because it was crock pot chicken with craft barbecue sauce on it. I like I just I didn't like it's not anything. our fault. That's all we. Have. Or you're having a barbecue. <laughs> it's burgers and hot dogs. But as we got kind of our introduction to real barbecue was watching that first season of Barbecue Pitmasters. Like we were watching it as new episodes were coming out back in like 2009 or something like that. We were newly married, and we were just taken in by it. Watching Tuffy and Myron and. Johnny Trigg, all these guys, you know, and Leanne. Um, 
So I we I remember just looking at the screen and being like, I think I'd like that. Like I've yeah. never had that. I think before. I'd like that kind of. So barbecue. just that experience of getting our first pellet, sm- our first smoker ever was a Traeger pellet smoker, and just putting a simple rub on it, like brown sugar, paprika, salt, and pepper, and then pulling it out, cooking it after cooking it and it's shredding and you're eating it and you're just like this is it we did this and then you do ribs and you're like oh my gosh like this is so good you know well and that's the biggest thing about pellet grills you know a lot of people you either got people that love pellet grills or you got people that are you know the old school traditional stick burner people that go oh that's not real barbecue well i think it is barbecue it's a new generation of barbecue and we all let's face it change happens no matter yeah. Whether we like it or not. I'm not but using an old push lawnmower. I'm using the, the zero now a battery powered one, you know. No, no, I'm on the zero turn, real man's more. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but I mean the barbecue you can put off of that pellet grill and then if you can also take that, you know, Traeger marketed theirself in a way of baking, braising, right. roasting. And you take into effect, I'm sure you've baked cheesecakes before. Oh, but yeah. We were blown away at the first pecan pie we ever mm-hmm. Amazing. pellet grill. You don't have to cover up the edge of the crust. It don't get burned. It's just a convection pushes the air around a little bit better than the stove, in my yep. opinion, a little bit bigger fan. And uh, it, it creates simple, delicious food. Yep. And um, what really sold me on them is when Chad Ward sent me one, he said, look, I'm not going to. I know you're a competition guy, you know, whatever. I'm going to send you a pellet grill. I'm like, man, I don't want no pellet grill. You ain't got to send me a pellet <laughs> grill. So he said, look, just try it out and tell me your thoughts. And it wasn't six weeks later. I was cooking competition chicken on it. Yep. And that's when my scores went to the roof. Listen, those pe- that pellet grilled chicken is legitimately great. And let me tell you, it is. It's hard to beat. I don't want to cook it on anything else. You know, ask her, no matter what cooker I'm cooking a contest on, there's going to be a pellet grill thrown in the mix, a Traeger. Currently, just to cook chicken on when yep. I go to a contest. But it, it puts off incredible, incredible food. And honestly, like, it might be considered a step down, you know, for all those old school backyard offset. For us, it was a step into a world that we had no exposure to. So for us, it was like... Gateway what? drug. What is? I mean, now we cook on everything. We've got... I don't know, 20-something pits. We cook on it all, and it really was like a gateway drug for us. Like, we got a little taste, and then I was hooked. So I have to ask, what was your second grill after the Traeger, after you having a pellet grill, what did you go to next? An old-school charcoal Weber kettle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is the purest of them all. 100%. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be able to build fires and, and see what that was like, and I think it was the most affordable way. I actually won it. <laughs> I actually won that grill. Um, I submitted a photo for our local grocery store. They were doing a contest and my picture won and they sent me a grill and then a chef came out and cooked dinner on it that night and oh. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. But I still have that grill. It's one of my favorite grills. We use it in our videos. Yeah, just a copper top Weber performer. I use it all the freaking time. And uh, so that was that was my next step into the world of barbecue. It was just a little Weber kettle. Well, I, ha- I haven't owned a Weber in probably 20 years, uh, and she bought me one. It was like their anniversary, anniversary model you know, that they just the recently did. Yeah. yeah, it was those four colors, and yeah. I, got a, I wanted the gray one. Yeah. And I come home from Memphis in May, that Friday of Memphis in May uh, last year, and uh, it was there at the house. And I got I was home like at 5 o'clock that, that Friday, you know, because I had to be back up and be out there at yeah. 3 o'clock in the morning. And I put it in the garage, and I started cooking on it. Now we've smoked ribs on it and butts <laughs> and, you know, grilled yeah. a bunch on it. And I had to buy a Vortex for it because that makes the best wings yep. mm-hmm. known to man. Um, you know, but Weber is really hard to beat. And I tell anybody, if you get a Weber, 
you get a flat top of some kind and you get a pellet grill. You can cook anything outside. Whatever you want to do. Anything. You got it covered. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you can honestly get all three of them for less than two grand, two yep. grand if you bargain shop and shop mm-hmm. around. And it's the ultimate backyard setup, in my opinion. Yeah. Agreed. So that was, I mean, Traeger was a really fun way for us to get started. And, you know, it was interesting. There were a couple of funny things about it. They gave me a lot of creative freedom. So I really could go out there and, and cook whatever I wanted on that type of smoker. And I could write those recipes and try different things. And they were posting them on their social media. So it was as Traeger grills, but I knew that was, you know, my recipe, my photo. So I got to see what worked. So I kind of got this free testing ground with their audience for a couple of years to really see what recipes are people resonating with? What's actually helpful? What what are they benefiting from the most? And I could kind of tailor my recipes a little bit. So, you know, my blog's only been around eight years, but I've been doing this for over 10. And a lot of that, those early years were just learning, learning about people, learning what helped the most. Um, another reason I started Hey Grill Hey in the beginning was, and this isn't anything against Traeger. It was, was, I think it was barbecue at the time. They wouldn't publish my name on my recipes. They would write S Bullock. And the other, I worked with another girl. There were two women that were developing recipes for Traeger at the time. And it was A, she got an abbreviation for her first name. Like they just didn't feel comfortable publishing women's names under the recipes because they didn't want to deter anybody potentially from trying their recipes because a woman, a woman had written them. Uh, so when we started, Hey girl, Hey, that was like very much like I was happy to be behind the scenes prior to that point. Like I'd worked for other people's websites. Nobody knew, like I was making content for other people completely anonymously. Uh, and at that point when we started, Hey girl, Hey, I was like, if we're going to do this, like my name has to be on it. Like this has to be a place where women feel comfortable going because I didn't feel super comfortable in the forums when I was reading. I didn't feel super comfortable online or Facebook groups. They were so male dominated that I was like, is there a space for me in barbecue? You know, I didn't know. Um, so I felt like I kind of had to make one. So that was, that was one of the calling cards of starting Hey Grill Hey by Susie Bullock with my name in all the stupid stuff. Um, it just had to be, had to do with you know, kind of creating a space that was accessible, that yeah. anybody felt like, well, she can do it, I can do it. Like, I, I wanted it to feel that way very intentionally from the beginning. Well, do you think it's stupid now? <laughs> what? You just said you thought it was stupid then. Do you think it's stupid now? That they didn't publish my name? Yeah, because it's their own fault they should have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not going to point fingers. I know that... You know, things change over we time. Lived, we lived in a different world. But I'm happy it. to be a part of something that is creating that type of change, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's a great answer. Regardless of what was, it's more important what is, and I think we're moving in the right direction. And what was amazing is is we, I think there were a little, there was some trepidation there about her entering the space, but honestly, there were, there were some, you know, typical YouTube commenters or whatever, but 99% um, support, welcoming, yeah. friendships, like the barbecue. That's the way the barbecue world is. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that I recognize that, and I love the barbecue community. That's why I was like, I want to be a part of that. Like, there is, I know in real life, this exists. But when you're only publishing things online, sometimes you only see the worst. So we were a little sure. bit scared about putting myself out there and, and seeing what possibly could come from that. But the reality was, it was open arms everywhere from everybody the whole time. People were excited to see more women stepping into the barbecue and grilling space because it was it was time. It wasn't like anybody was 
left out on purpose. That's what I'm saying. Like, was it stupid? Maybe, but I don't think it was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it was kind of a scared thing at first. Yeah. Yeah. And so now to have, and and to have that personal experience of stepping into the space and having that welcome, you know, was, was really pivotal and really awesome. Made me feel like I had a place in this world that was great. So since you've been doing this for over 10 years and blogging and all that, what would you say would be the top five meets that you see gets the most, um, I, I don't want to call it searches or hits or whatever yeah. you would say. I mean, on our website specifically, and this is really fun. This is the fun part about running a recipe website is you get to see all of the backend information. Cause I mean, on social media, you know, if a post goes viral or not, but you don't really know if it's the meat itself or if it was how it was shot or if it was just the algorithm was your friend that day. Um, but with analytics on the back end of the website, I know what people are searching for the very most. So we see people come through for brisket. Lots and lots of brisket searches, lots of rib searches, three, two, one ribs, actually, even after all this time, I think is still one of the highest search terms in the barbecue space. Uh, and I think it's just that it, it just dumbs it down enough to where it feels so accessible and so approachable. Uh, we get a lot of searches for pork shoulder. Um, we get a lot of searches for burgers. Smoked hamburgers is one that comes up pretty regularly. And again, I think it's just easy. Like, what can I do on a weeknight? with my smoker. Smoked hamburgers are solid. Um, and then I know it's not a meat, but we get a lot of people searching for rubs and sauces. Uh, and I think our sweet rub is still, it's our top seller for our products, but it's also one of our highest searched um, pieces of recipe content. It's one yep. of our first posts to ever go viral the, on Facebook too. The sweet rub recipe is the number one refer for sweet rub sales on our website. People are like, I don't want to make it. I'm just going to buy it. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we give our recipes away for free, which is stupid, I guess. People tell us it's stupid, but I mean, it's worked out so far. Um, but I developed the recipes and people were making it. They were emailing us all the time. Like, I'm making this in two-gallon vats. Can you please just process this so that I can buy it? And that's, we got enough of those emails that I finally said, hey, Todd, you busy? <laughs> and that's how we ended up stepping into the product space was just our customers were requesting it. Like, we're making these at home all the time. Please save me the time and effort of having to make it and just pre-make it for me. I was in the accounting world doing audits of financial statements and dealing with companies with inventory gave me the hives. And I just was so against starting an he inventory said no. business. I'm he like, said no, no to the product company for a good year, <laughs> at least, before I showed him enough emails that it wore him down. Yeah. And I still hate that side of it, but it's amazing to see the growth that's happened and everything. So. so you manage all the inventory and like purchase orders and all that now? Yeah, we have a team. We have an operations manager who's one of my best friends since I was a kid that we trusted to help us. And he's running our warehouse and all the operations and everything. So I kind of oversee it, but he's doing 90% of the legwork on that. And that's, that's kind of what. And so y'all fulfill your own orders as well and pack your own boxes? For now, yep. yeah. Yeah, we have a warehouse and it's pretty it's fun old, actually. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that and that's kind of where we were at. We we took the approach. We looked at Malcolm and I've been good friends with Malcolm for a while and he was already in the space and we had rubs and sauces, but we sold them to competition guys. Yeah. And it was just on kind of a small scale. And so when I made my name change, I asked him to help me and and I had referred him to the place we're at now actually. And uh, when where he was packing orders in a garage. And uh, just one thing barrel rolled into another and uh and they helped me, and we've helped them, and, and both of us are doing very, very well. It's kind of cool to see the progression. But yeah. it's uh, seeing other people in the space, because as I'm going to say, there's probably, what, 30 
30 to 35 really big influencers with products out there. And you see everybody taking a different approach to yeah. what they do it. You see some, yeah, doing like we, uh, some of us do, but then there's other people that focus on other ways to do it. And I just think the business is so cool like that. Yeah. Uh, that it can be so versatile, but also so appealing. And that's why I take the approach of, I mean, I know they're going to use my rub one day and they're going to use your rub the next. Yeah. They're use somebody else's the next and they're going to try them together. And mm -hmm. everybody has such a unique profile they're trying to create or, you know, taste something different. It just, it's pretty well, cool. Everybody cool. likes different stuff. So, you know, your one of your rubs might be their favorite. One of Malcolm's sauces might be their favorite, you know, and it, it just kind of circles like that. It's awesome. It does. It's It's so crazy. So, guys, tell us about your grill squad that you have, what it is and how it works. <laughs> okay, so the grill squad was kind of born of this idea that a lot of people want to learn about barbecue, right? But especially like where I grew up in Utah, not everybody has access to classes. Not everybody has access to a grandpa, know, a grandpa <laughs> or a papa that could teach them how to cook in the backyard. Um, how could I make barbecue education and barbecue classes really accessible. You could do it at your own pace. You could do it virtually. You could do it online. And how could I build a community around that that really matched the benefits of the barbecue community that you get by going to the competitions or, you know, seeing people in the space. You have that familiarity and you have those friendships. So we started the Grill Squad as an attempt to kind of create a virtual version of those in-person interactions. And especially during COVID, that was a thing that, you know, we missed a lot of. Um, but it was really cool to see this online community kind of take hold and take root. We have a Facebook group that's specifically for Grill Squad members where they can post their cooks, and it's kind of fun. When you join the Grill Squad, we ship you a welcome box with an apron and patches. And as you pass off the different course modules, as you go through the educational part of the platform, we'll send you patches, kind of like barbecue Boy Scouts. <laughs> And Neat. so it's really fun to see people, you know, earning the patches on their aprons and posting about it in the grill squad and, and building kind of that virtual community. But there's online, we call them pit master classes. So there's, I teach like seven or eight of them. There's a meat buying class that even just the basics of how to pick good beef, how to pick yeah. good pork, here are things to look for the at the grocery mean. store. Yeah. Here's what, you know, what a lot of people, pork shoulder, pork butt, Boston butt. We get a lot of questions gross. emailed about yeah. all kinds of meat questions. So. I, I had those same questions. So I, I was kind of trying to be the resource that I wish I had yeah. when I was getting into the barbecue space that explained things really clearly, that gave you a solid, like you can watch my brisket video and turn out a really good brisket on your first try. It may not be the best brisket you'll ever make in your life because it's your first time cooking a brisket and I don't think that's possible. Um, it'll but, be better than our first 10 that we did. Yeah, it'll be better than the first 10 I ever made. Um, but it's it's all designed to give you, you know, here's a basic understanding of everything that you need to know to make great barbecue in your backyard. And we have had some guest instructors come on that have cooked stuff that's really unique to their specialties. Like Sunny Moody came on uh, and she did like a meal prep class, like using your smoker to cook and batch meals at home. We had a pizza class from a guy that owned his own pizza restaurant for years and taught us his like 36 hour fermented dough recipe because pizza ovens are really big right now. A lot of people are cooking on pizza ovens. So we did a pizza class for backyard and it's just been this really awesome way to kind of build a community in the space, but build a community of people that were in the same space I was in and to be able to kind of mentor people that are getting into the barbecue and grilling space. We do 
live videos with the grill squad every month and you know just exclusive videos and and stuff like that so it's been it's been a really cool little project to build out there's a big handful of hey grill hey super fans too and so that's a really good way for them they uh, we had a we had a handful of people asking thank like thanks for the free recipes but how can we support you you know and this was kind of before we really started the product company like as heavy and hard as we're doing it now and so it was a way for them to feel like they were connected connected and, yeah. and supporting us in a way for and of saying thanks for all the free help over the years you know and those those core people are still around yeah. and they're in the group and they're evangelists for our brand it's and so now awesome. they're mentoring and coaching yeah. other people in the grill answering squad questions they've been there it's so cool I think a lot of people underestimate the power of like a group on Facebook we've started yeah. a Facebook group and yeah I get on there and try to do some stuff but I'm like you some of the ambassadors and affiliates that we've sponsored and you know, help out and have took my barbecue classes and are diehard yep. fans. They get on there and somebody ask a question, you know, what's the best rib combo to use, a rub combo, you know, yeah. rib. And, and everybody has a different answer because, like we talked about a while ago, everybody is so subjective, right? But it's great to see the community engaging with yeah. each other and interacting. It's very humbling in a sense, too. It, it is. is. And, you know, one thing that we started from the beginning and one thing that was difficult for me a lot about a lot of barbecue spaces online was there was a lot of negativity. Like if you didn't do it this exact perfect way. And we still see that in the comment section all the yeah. time. Like you're an idiot. Like you're a freaking idiot and you should never touch a barbecue again. Like go lay down somewhere. And and <laughs> like that's it was just it was horrendous. So it, the grill squads are really positive. Like we've kind of set the tone. Like this is a nice place, and everybody plays real nice. It's super great. I think that every uh, everybody faces those uh, keyboard cooks is what I like to call yeah. them. There's a lot of those guys that that, that um, and you really don't see it from females a lot. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but you really see it from the guys that are. Or some of them are just if if it didn't turn out, the picture didn't turn out great, or the lighting was wrong, or you know you didn't it didn't look as red as it really was in person, and you know it was, but the lighting was bad. And we have people that go berserk sometimes, and it's like why? My favorite comment: looks dry <laughs> on everything. Looks dry. Were you there, Pete? Did you taste it? No. Oh well. So Sorry. didn't you tell me before you had a little <laughs> something that you said to somebody every time they posted something negative? Oh, I, I mean, what was your my favorite go-to is, ha-ha, okay. Is, ha-ha, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, that was it. <laughs> I don't remember. always diffuse as positively as I should. This last week, somebody told me I had man hands. That was just the comment, man hands. So I just replied with garbage personality. I probably should have just said, ha-ha, okay. But I didn't. Depends on when you catch me, you know? I can't always be at my best. We feel you on that one. <laughs> so what would you say is the biggest pain in the industry for you? Oh, my gosh. In what aspect? I feel like we're always putting out fires, but I think that just comes generally with owning a business at all. Right now, I think it's changing changing social media algorithms and things like that, just chasing Trying to chase all that, it's just a nightmare. Yeah, that's a constant adjustment because things are never the same. Um, you know, eight years ago, it was blogging and photos. A beautiful photo was all you really needed to get people to click through and get excited about a recipe. And now it's long-form videos and short-form videos and long-short-form videos and vertical videos and horizontal videos and also post on your feed every single day in engaging ways, but don't be too engaging. Like, don't ask for engagement because that's gross, Right. And so that that is definitely a constant battle yeah. of just 
making sure that you're being in the right place at the right time. Um, then you get a video of someone just like six seconds of a steak flipping and it's sizzling and it has 50 million views in a week. And you're like, we're trying to come on. We're trying way too I hard. Totally get what you're saying. 110%. <laughs> that actually it, might be the hardest part. And I don't know business. about y'all, but for me, it seems like some of the stuff that I put, what I feel like the, the least amount of time or value into a recipe does better than me trying to honestly just do my research and making sure everything's oh, yeah. perfect and making sure this and that and that recipe does nothing no. and it tastes <laughs> great and it tastes great oh, it's one it of the it's a recipe it's a high rolling recipe uh-huh and you can do something that really didn't even taste that good and it just pops off like what were you guys looking at y'all looking at the same recipe i was looking at yeah what i made a ranch dressing as three ingredients just using my fish and veggie rub as kind of the base for all the seasoning blend it went freaking nuts i'm like that took me four and a half seconds i hate everything like i <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good for the product. It's delicious. Care. It's great ranch. It's not that it's a bad thing, but I'm like, man, I really think sometimes we just try real hard, and sometimes we get in our own way in that, you know, because we want it to be the best thing. And we do the research, and we put the time in, and we shoot it, and then we shoot it again, and then we shoot a video of it. And by the end of all of that, I'm like, man, how many thousands of dollars did I put into this one recipe just in development and production and, and filming the video and editing the video and uploading the video, and then it's like seven views and I'm all. Well, you know, talking about that end of it, I'm going to ask this question now. I'm sure you know who Jimmy Donaldson is, Mr. Beast, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know how much it goes into his production oh, and yeah. cost and all that. They're they're spending one to two million dollars a video, right? But they're getting thirty and forty million views when they upload it, right? And they're yeah. doing seven, eight videos a year now instead of seven, eight a week, right? Do you ever see our space getting that crazy? Um. I don't know if barbecue has the same general whole entire world appeal that a video about exploding things and (laughs) making jokes does. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, the entertainment value, it's not the same. And our our goals are really different. We do a lot in the education space. I know you guys do as well. Like it's not just, we're not just trying to entertain you. I mean, hopefully, I think I'm pretty funny. So hopefully like you enjoy the video. Pam? Pam, that was Pan. so funny. Pam, Pam, um, yeah. My so favorite movie. Hopefully you enjoy. Hopefully you enjoy watching the video, right? But um, a lot of it's education. A lot of it we want to teach you, and that's I kind of consider myself like a guide to help people make better barbecue at home. And really, it's about the audience, and it's always about the audience. And I just don't know if it'll ever have the same mass appeal as. Um, as Mr. Beast does, but there are people in the space. I mean, Barbecue with Franklin has like a 10-year-old video series that still continues to perform well. They were really well-produced and really clearly explained. Tuffy is doing amazing things right now on his YouTube channel, and it's not that he's just putting out a bunch of content for the sake of putting out content. It's very intentional, high-quality stuff, and it's getting great views. And so I definitely think there is always room for good quality content, always, and I think it will continue to perform. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the space, you know, continues to develop. It feels like I've been doing this forever, but in reality, none of us have. I mean, in the, in the grand scope of careers and things and lifetime, this digital media world is new, new. Well, you said it about eight to 10 years is kind of where we're at with that kind of getting started. And if you take the whole, I seen something on LinkedIn earlier this week to where if you, if you look at the same approach as streaming has took. 
to where the creator space is at and apply, we're only about a third of the way if it ain't even peaked Absolutely. yet. Nowhere near got to where it's going to go. Yeah. And so for somebody, it's still not too late for somebody to jump in the, the space that no. we're in, but you've got to work your butt off to get at least halfway there to be ready for the ride. And I think a lot of people maybe underestimate the power of social media. Yeah. That if you feed that content beast like it should, um, the reward can be really great sometimes. Yeah. And I say sometimes because what we were just talking about, it, not every video appeals to every yeah. person, right? Yeah. Uh, but being educational and trying to teach people, it does resonate with a lot of people. And hopefully there's longevity there. But, I mean, I met people. So I suck at TikTok. Just honestly. It's not my <laughs> it's not my best platform. I don't know anything right? about it hardly. Um, but there are people that join TikTok. The barbecue community on TikTok is Huge. There are people there with millions of followers on just TikTok, this platform, and they're reaching a younger audience, and it's super cool. It's different audiences everywhere. Yeah, and it's so Every great. Platform. And they're coming out with rubs and sauces, and they're building these whole brands around their TikTok following, and I'm like, that's freaking great. Um, I met a couple of them, and one of the guys was, I'm like, how long have you been doing this? He's like, oh, like three years. And I'm like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> and, like, you have a larger following than I have ever been able to build on any platform, you know? Like, I'm like, wow, that's freaking amazing. Like, the power of social media, to your point, like, nothing is dead yet. Like, we really are ramping up in a lot of these aspects, and there's definitely room at the table for anybody. But I felt like an actual grandma because he's like, yeah, when I first started cooking barbecue, like, oh, six, seven years ago, I was reading your recipes. Like, you taught me how to barbecue. And I'm like, oh, Congratulations on having more followers than me. <laughs> but you what know, is the grind of, of social media content like for you guys on a week to week basis? Uh, usually two days a week are set aside for producing content, whether that's recipe testing, cooking, shooting, because we have separate days. Like we still do food block. The, the website itself is still a huge focus for me. Um, and we're continually putting out new recipes and new posts every single week that are written and on the website. And I think they, those also still have a lot of longevity. Um, but so we have production days each week where we're cooking and testing five to eight recipes and photographing them and, you know, making sure they work. Um, and then another day we're filming, whether that's short form video content, that's, you know, more lighthearted and fun or long form YouTube style content and video content like that. So we have a couple days a week that are focused more on the logistics of actually writing the recipes and building out the website and, and working on the product company. And, uh, and then a couple days a week are really dedicated to creating content. It's, it's an endless monster to feed. And it's just sporadic sometimes. It's like if we get a funny idea for a, a reel or a, something like that, then that's not, pl- that's not planned. That's just in the moment. Yeah. So. Shotgun method. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pull and shoot. That's right. Yep. <laughs> So I, I was looking at your YouTube, and I know, you know you just released a video. You guys were at Memphis in May this year. Yeah, was that your first time at Memphis? In that May? was our second time. Your at second Memphis time. In May. Okay. Yeah. So how was that? That was amazing. Is that how? How do you compare that to anything else? Do you? No. So here's the funny thing: we we are not in the competition space at all. We have no background of competition. Like growing up and like barbecue pit masters was like our exposure to this whole right. world. We legitimately did not know existed. We watched that show and started planning. How do we get an RV or a trailer 
Like, there were not competitions in Utah or around right. Utah. Like, we just, it just wasn't there. One of them was in Mesquite, Nevada, which was just yeah. down the road from us, and I had no idea. But that was, like, the closest thing. So, we really didn't have any exposure to the competition world at all. So, I have nothing to compare it to. But we've been to a few. So, we've been to Memphis in May a couple times. We've been to the American Royal a couple of times. We've been to a couple of small, like, SEA competitions. Now, there's a few KCBS competitions in Utah that we've gone to. But it is so unbelievable to have. It's like a family reunion. But the food's better. You know, <laughs> there's no weird ant salad. It's just like That's a lot true. of really great like food. Jello, Everybody wants to give you samples of everything. Um, it's great to see, like, we've made a lot of friends in the barbecue community over the years, even though we're not in the competition space. So it's really fun to be able to see our people because so we no don't. no desire to be in the competition space? I mean, not here's really. what sucks. <laughs> what sucks is that I love winning crap. And I feel like. I just started my own team and if I just did things my way and if I just, you know, because I've always always gone and cooked with other people. So I've never been, like, I've never led a team in any barbecue competition ever. Um, Like, I could figure it out. Like, I could do really well. But also, like, how much capacity in the world do we have to do all the things that we need to and want to do? And for us, we're so heavily focused on the backyard cook. Um, Competition cooking is really not, it's not our sweet spot. It seems like a fun distraction and it seems like a fun little avenue that I could chase but um the time that we have three kids at home so the time that we're spending doing that is time that we're taking away from other places there's always credits and debits and we just haven't been able to justify a ton of competition but we try to go out to one or two a year and Memphis and May is always one of my favorites it's unbelievable so you say coming back next year yeah we're already making plans good yeah good we'll be back no tv crews this time that does get a little old. Gosh. People don't realize that, yeah, you want the brand exposure, but down there, just trying to see, like you said, the family reunion, seeing your friends. There were so many people we didn't get to see. I we, didn't, we barely talked to you down there. We, I barely got out of my booth because of all the stuff we were doing yeah. now. And I think a lot of people don't. We used to use Memphis and May. We, we've, it's been some of the biggest parties, and we've spent up to a hundred grand down there before. Not yep. our money, sponsor money. Yeah, you not know, our money. <laughs> uh, way back when, ten or fifteen years ago, yeah. we used to do it, and uh, it was great. But I don't want to do that. That's not me anymore. I want to be home by six o'clock, with my feet kicked up, getting some rest, and and chilling, and getting ready to go down there and try to really focus on winning the contest. Now. Yeah. But I want to see everybody and 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 have the camaraderie and I think next year we're going to do some mobile podcasting on site and kind of set up an interview space and yeah and look at it and really try to be more engaging with our barbecue family down there than we have been in the past and that was it was interesting because we were filming with Food Network for Michael Simon's Barbecue USA show and we were cooking with Joe Pierce and so there were crews in the tent the whole time like it was 6 a.m to 10 p.m endless and then we stacked that on top of he and I filming a video for our YouTube channel, um, of course, doing live social media throughout the whole event. I did a demo on the Home Depot stage, and it was just, it was nonstop. I was unprepared for how go, 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 plus all the turn-ins. And, I mean, we turned in every category, so it was it was nuts. So did you help with every category? Yeah. Um, we kind of divided and conquered some of the ancillaries. Um, so I did beef, and I did, what else did I do? We all pitched in on sauce. I can't even remember. Helped with turkey. Yeah, yeah. helped with turkey. And, you know, we kind of all helped with everything. And then it was all hands on deck for those whole hogs. So speaking of turkeys, one of the things that you see on your website is turkeys with shack. (laughs) 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 
That was one of my favorite experiences I think I've had in my life. And honestly, like this whole barbecue journey has been silly. Todd and I look at each other all the time and we're like, we're doing what? Where? With who? Like we're currently here doing this with you guys. And that feels crazy. Um, But we got a call, uh, Facebook Watch. It was a new kind of avenue that Facebook was promoting at the time. And they pitched a show with Shaq um, for that platform to launch his recipe or his restaurant concept called big chicken shack and so in between the real-time episodes of shack you know testing new recipes for the kitchen working with his chefs opening the restaurant in las vegas they wanted in between content of actually cooking with shack because he has no food experience so it was kind of this joke that this ginormous man who never cooks anything is going to be opening a restaurant right so he just hired really good chefs and said make me what you think I'll like. And then cut, that's how the entire recipe concepts or the restaurant concept started. But so they wanted to do cooking shows in between people teaching Shaq how to actually cook food. So I got invited to help him do his Thanksgiving episode of cooking with Shaq. And I taught him how to spatchcock a turkey. He helped me cook a turkey. We did some bacon wrapped carrots. He's like, I've never cooked turkey in my life. I was like, well, who cooks your Thanksgiving turkey? He's like, my chef. And I was like, oh, we live different. I forget. <laughs> uh, it's not the same. We're not the same. Um, but he was the nicest person. He greeted every single person in the room. I watched him eat more in and out cheeseburgers in a five minute period than I thought any human could eat cheeseburgers. And he just eats, he's so big. His metabolism is so, he just eats constantly. He took, he could like base or what do they call that? Just grip. He just manhandled the whole Turkey. Yeah. He just picked it up like this. It was like, it was not a small Turkey. It's hard to palm a turkey. I need did. <laughs> it's hard to palm a chicken. Oh my gosh. You know but what I mean? Freaking turkey. But it's shack. I mean It was unbelievable. I was like, oh my god. Palm a Cornish hen. Yeah. <laughs> no, freaking turkey. Just picked it up. I was like, this is this is the most unbelievable experience I've ever had. But anyway, we cooked the turkey and he just took off that whole leg and thigh section and just it was it was freaking. Yeah, like awesome. juice dripping down his arm. Yeah. Like, that's the best turkey I've ever had. And I was like, you might be lying, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to believe this. That's pretty awesome. It was fun. It was way fun. That's pretty awesome. But he called one of my, he filmed a video for one of my boys. Oh. And so our kids call him Uncle Shaq. I'm like, which is hilarious because you got one video from him one time. But like, he's family now. So we see him on like the general commercials and we're like, kids, it's Uncle Shaq. <laughs> oh. They're like, oh my gosh, it's they Uncle They say Shaq. he is a very nice individual. So, though. so nice. The producer said that the, the night before he had, he was hanging out with him and they FaceTimed the producer's kids and he read them a bedtime story. Shaq read his kids a bedtime story like over FaceTime. Well, like, he's the one, you know, I feel like course you don't know what's true and what's not but i feel like it's true that you see he was in home depot and bought them like oh sure their washer you know just i would totally picks random that. people and yeah. he does buys them work things. like that all the time yeah he'll, absolutely he'll be in a city and he'll go in and buy out a toy store or pay for everything in at Walmart's or targets at christmas they're notorious for that he is yeah. which i think is i would love to be able to make yep. it that far in That's life to be able to do stuff like that yeah. i would love it he was I awesome. mean, I want to be like Elvis. I want to buy people cars. <laughs> there, there you go. go. <laughs> I've been in the market for a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have been in the market for a new one, honey. I know you have. <laughs> you could start real close to home. Yeah. So how did you uh, – you've also been on Food Network, right? Yeah, a couple so of times. how was that experience, and how did you get connected with that? Terrifying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wanted to do TV – 
from, I think, the first month I had my website up. But really, I started Hey Grill Hey and thought, oh, I got this business. I'm very excited. People are going to love my recipes. And then it hit me very quickly. How do people know I exist? Like, in your own mind, you have great stuff, right? Your recipes are great. Your pictures are good. People are just going to love it automatically. I realized that it was completely on me to promote this now. And I was very, I had not thought that far ahead. As far ahead as I had thought is what are we going to name it? What are my first five recipes going to be? And how do I get the website up and running? As soon as that was live, I was like, "Uh oh, (laughs) nobody knows about this. And how do I tell them? Like, how do I tell people about this? So of course I'm posting like to my personal Facebook page, like, Hey, you should check this out. It might be cool. Um, but I started researching, like, how do you get your name out about new businesses? And they were like, well, news stories and PR. And I had no idea what that meant. Um, but they were like, you can contact your local news stations. And sometimes they'll do like exclusive features on new businesses in the area, especially if you have something unique and different. I'm like, oh, women owned barbecue. That's cool. Maybe they will talk about that. So I literally emailed the producer of every single news station in Salt Lake City um, one of them got back to me like three weeks later and I emailed them cause I was, I had submitted my recipe in Traeger's March or meat madness competition that they do. I was like, dude, there's like six Utahns in this competition. You could just do a fun story about all of us in this competition. And I would bear the benefit of being in that group of people. Then that would be my first kind of people are talking about, Hey, grill, Hey, kind of a thing. Um, by the time she emailed me back, I was the only Utah left in the competition. <laughs> So she's like, why don't you just come on and cook a recipe on the show? And I was like, yeah, I would love to do that. That sounds great. I panicked so hard. And it was just this local, you know, daytime television show. They have their own kitchen set or whatever. Um, I practiced. I made my friends come over the night before. I timed myself. I ran through this thing like seven times. I went to the store. I bought a box of bright red hair dye. I don't know. I thought I should be the Little Mermaid on television the first time I ever went. I box dyed my hair bright red the night before. I put together this giveaway. I'm like, this is going to be great. People, I'm going to tell them about the giveaway, and then they'll have to go to my website to enter the giveaway. I had like 200 people enter my giveaway the next day on TV. And I was like, I am doing it. This is a thing. This is going to work. Um, And Todd was there. I made him come with me. Um, and so I got up on and they turned the cameras on and the lights went on and they filmed it as live. So there was no editing. It was like, you do the run through game over. And I finished that set and people were up and they feed the crew. Right. So the crew's eating all the food that I brought. I did my drunk brisket with a bacon barbecue sauce. It was awesome. And, uh, I was like, this is what I want to do for my whole life. Like how I had never done anything like that before, but I was like, this is it. Like, I didn't even know this was a possibility. And now this is my entire identity. <laughs> like, I am going to be a person who cooks barbecue on television. And I don't know what that looks like, but that's what I wanted to do. Um, and that's kind of how I stepped into the space of doing anything on TV. And so I set up a monthly segment on that local news station. And I went back mm-hmm. month after month. Um, and then I started foraying that into other things. So when television stuff came up, I started applying to everything. And I ended up being kind of discovered by one of the scouting agents for a TV show called, what was the first one? Barbecue. Uh, Brawl. Barbecue Brawl. Yeah. Bobby Flay, Michael Simon. That's how I met Michael Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, sure, I'll go. So I flew out, ended up on the show. The first night I walk out into the lobby and they're like, we want you to meet everybody that's going to be on the show. And I walk out and there's Tuffy Stone. There's Leanne Whippin. Chris Lilly was there. Amy Mills was there. Mo Kaysan was there. Kev. 
Yeah, Big Kev Bledsoe was there, and I t- I texted Todd from the lobby, and I was like, baby, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow night. Like, I am getting sent home the first day of this competition because I've never cooked competition-style barbecue in my life, let alone on television, let alone on a timed television show, let alone against Hall of Famers. I was like, this has been real fun. I am too big for my britches. I am clearly overconfident in the fact that I even applied for this show let alone got on it. So I'm just going to go home. And <laughs> we had a good run. Anyway, I ended up making it to the finale episode of the show. And that was kind of, that led to a lot of other opportunities with the Food Network. But that was a really long-winded way of saying, I got in over my head many, many times <laughs> and just kept going. Those times it's best to dive in the water yeah. and see if you sink or swim. Yeah. <laughs> she had a producer, or it was one of the producers that was because she made it through casting. And then one of the producers of the show was really pushing for her to be on the show. And like Bobby Flay and everyone was like, no, like we don't want a blogger on our show. Like we need like more toughy stones, you know? Yeah. We um, want this to be a real barbecue show. Yeah. We can have a blogger on here. So Mike then, told me that after. Yeah. Even after the first day, Michael Simon, they're like, who's this barbecue blogger? Like, I don't want her on my team. I they got were picked like, last. <laughs> it was like the saddest junior high gym class ever. But on a television show <laughs> where everybody saw that you got picked last. <laughs> well. It was a good comeback story, though. You know what, though? Where'd you come out at? <laughs> Making it to the finale. Yep. It was great. You know what I always tell myself? If you don't believe in yourself, who will? <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. I pat myself on the back every time I walk out the door. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I talking need to, to myself. I need to figure that out. Dude, Phil the Grill was also on that show. Phil Johnson. I don't know if you know Phil. He's in Arizona. But he would get ready to go out to film, and he had this. He would psych himself out. He'd, Here I go. Here I go. He's from Harlem. He's just, like, spitting lines as we're getting ready to walk out and film. And I'm like, I, I need to get on this level. Like, whatever level of confidence this is, I'm like, Phil, teach me how to psych myself up like this. You're slapping yourself. <laughs> Dude, uh, who, uh, Peg Lake, Carrie Bringle was on that show. It was, it was literally like that season was so locked and loaded. It's freaking ridiculous now to look back on it and be like, no that wonder. That was a loaded up No deck. wonder nobody wanted me on their team. I wouldn't have picked me. I would have for <laughs> sure not picked me. No way. Wow. Well, we don't have but a couple more questions. Uh, do you have anything else? Not really. No. Well, I do. Tell me about this Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, that's so old. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have a couple world record stories. The first one's the best. The second one I'll tell you quick so we can get it out of the way. But it was cool. It was my first press trip ever. I got invited to Kansas City, and they broke a record for the largest grilling class ever taught. It was sponsored by Weber, and Chris Lilly was there, and it was in Arrowhead Stadium parking lot, and they had football players and a whole crew of people, and they taught the largest grilling class ever and there were like four people to a charcoal grill and we were all cooking steaks at the same time and I felt real cool because I got my name on the world record because I was there at the class um but the best story was the first one and this was like six months into my blogging journey again I am finding any avenue possible to help promote the brand and help build that kind of name recognition in the space so I'm applying for everything I'm applying for, like, I'm sending emails to producers to get on TV shows, like, whatever. Whatever I can do to help get my name out there. I didn't know what else to do. It was very, like, grassroots, like, smear campaigns about myself anywhere I could put my name. And 
there was a ballpark hot dogs competition where they were going to break a world record for the longest grilling marathon. And you had to submit a video that was like two minutes showing them a recipe that you made with a hot dog. And they were going to pick two people to go out to New York City and stand on a street corner in the middle of New York in August, which is the best time to be in New York City for sure, weather-wise. It's not hot or humid. Yeah. (laughs) It's perfect. Um, Stand on the New York City street corner and grill for as long as possible to break the record that I believe at the time was like 32 hours or 31 hours or something like that consecutively. Um, And so I sent in my video and they picked me. They picked me to go out to New York and cook on this thing. They live streamed the entire event. We ended up grilling for 34 and a half hours on a New York City street corner. You had to have four items on your grill at all times. I thought it was five. Five? Four or five. Anyway, so it was a constant flow. Tyler Florence from the Food Network's there. That was another way I started becoming a little bit more ingrained with the Food Network um, because Food Network was paired up with them at the time. And so their head chef was down there. Tyler Florence was co-hosting the event. And I literally sat, and it was a Weber gas grill. So we're constantly replacing <laughs> replacing cans of propane. And anyway, it was a riot. But I slept after that for like, days i feel like it was wow. unbelievable but yeah. that one was really fun so five day and night you stayed up. oh yeah yes. it was non-stop five minute breaks every hour is what the, and there was a the there was a world record judge there the whole time That's making crazy. sure that so what recipe did you submit with a hot dog i gotta ask that i did a bacon wrapped hot dog and i think i made my own like pickled jalapeno relish that went on top of it wow. it was not it was like 60 seconds they just wanted to see if you could talk to the camera yeah. i think it's been broken I think it's been broken since then. So but. do you guys have any more products you're going to bring to light uh, or anything in the near future that you want to talk about? Um, we've got our six rubs and our six sauces. What we've been doing this year that has been really fun is we're releasing limited edition kits. And it's kind of an all-in-one start to finish for that specific thing. So we started with our turkey kits in November and they sold out in less than a week. So those will be coming out again in the fall leading up to, you know, the holiday season. And it's everything. It's the brine kit. It's the seasoning and a cranberry glaze. That's really, really delicious. So, and there's a QR code on the back you scan with a video that walks you through every step. It's basically like a foolproof smoked turkey all in a box, which is great. Um, we did a ham kit for Easter and it was a double smoked ham kit. And it gave you instructions either for a spiral ham or a pulled ham. And it had a spice citrus glaze on it that was really awesome. And again, just kind of that all-in-one. We've got a wing kit coming out for tailgating this fall. And good. it's a smoke-fried wing kit. And so it's got the seasoning. You smoke the wings. And then it has a batter that goes with it that's a really thin kind of tempura-style batter, which took eternity to develop, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to batter a hot food item. But the batter does not want to stick. So that oh, took a ton. Right yeah. It took like a hot butter. ton of iterations to get us to a really shattery coating on that wing that will then hold the sauce. So that was really fun to develop. So that we got a smoke fried wing kit coming out for tailgating in the fall, um, leading into the holiday season. With a new so. sauce, too. Did you mention that? Oh, yeah. And it's got a new sauce. It's like a sweet buffalo sauce that's pretty awesome. Sounds cool. cool. So anyway, that one's coming up. And then we're working on a couple of things. Um, I really hate the barbecue glove situation that we're stuck with right now with just cotton gloves and then latex gloves. So we're actually developing gloves right now that'll give you some of that heat resistance and dexterity, but that are also food safe. 
Um, so those should be coming out really soon. We're waiting on getting the proper like labels and tags on them and then we'll be placing our order. So hopefully by the end of this year, we'll have some really cool barbecue gloves that we can put out there. Well, tell everybody where they can find you all at. Sure. HeyGrillHey.com if you need recipes. We've got over 600 of them, but we also have an app. So if you want to check out the app and you like using an app, it's got like some grocery features that you can have and a shopping list and stuff like that. That's in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. You can check out The Grill Squad at TheGrillSquad.com if you're interested in taking more of those like online style barbecue classes or joining our community. It's fantastic. Um, and then we're Hey Grill Hey everywhere on social. Well, I just want to say... Thank you guys for coming on today. I learned a lot about y'all's side of the business, and I really appreciate y'all coming all the way from Utah to come up and uh, sit down with us. Well, listen, Todd heard you guys were hiring for a uh, customer service position, so he brought his resume. Well, you know what? We make this we make something work, Todd. Let's go. Make something work. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. It was an honor. Thanks, thank man. You. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.